July 31st, 2023. We're in Masechet Betzah on the Lamedhe Amudal. If you count from the bottom of the Amud up, it's 13 lines up. The second word on the line says the Gemara, Uriminhi. Uriminhi means we're asking a contradiction on something that we stated or accepted earlier from a Beraita. Now, the accepted stated halacha that we had earlier went as follows. We spent a lot of time developing and discussing this. But ultimately speaking, we arrived at the following within the opinion of Rabili Ezer. When it comes to perot shelonig melachtan, when it comes to produce which you haven't finished the production process, you haven't finished what you plan on doing with regards to them and how you're going to eat from them. Nonetheless, even though in general, they're not hayav b'ma'aser until they're nigmira melachtan. For example, it'll be the example we'll return to in the Gemara today. If I planned on drying these fruits, it was the example in the Mishnah, and I haven't yet finished drying these fruits, I don't need to take a tenth from, from them. It's, I'm not obligated in ma'aser. That's the general halacha. When it comes to Shabbat, Shabbat has a status razor. Shabbat has this way of taking the fruits, taking the vegetables, whatever the produce may be, and saying this no longer has a temporary status, it has a permanent status to the extent that we were uncertain about this. We deliberated, we went back and forth on this. Ultimately speaking, we said we can't prove it within the opinion of hachamim, but when it comes to the Ezer, to put it in a sentence again, that's the halacha. The question will be from this beraita where it seems to suggest otherwise. We began it on Friday. It goes like this. If a person is in the midst of eating from a cluster of grapes, Rashi says, this is perot nigmera melachtan. How do you know? Well, take a look quickly at Rashi. Rashi, you'll find in the wide lines, three lines into those wide lines of Rashi, right in the middle of the line, says Rashi, Ustam Ishkol, the standard case of talking about a cluster of grapes. You and I might not think about this way. We buy it in the supermarket or whatever. So we're e- buying it in order to eat from it. Once upon a time, as much as they may have eaten individual grapes, Stameshkol, when we talked in the Mishnah about a cluster of grapes, Lav Gemar Melachahi, it wasn't finished and ready to be eaten from. Why not? When we talked about, either in Mishnah world or just in general, when you talked about grapes once upon a time, you talked about them being purposed for wine. You may have had individual grapes that you ate from, but you talked about me holding a cluster of grapes. Where are you going to press that cluster of grapes? What are you going to do with it? You must be turning that into wine. As a result, says Rashi, just reading the words eshkol, you're supposed to already say, not that you're going to dry them and turn them into uh, raisins per se, you're going to turn it into wine. So you and I should sit back and say, according to the Bili Ezer, it's going to be forbidden to eat from it on Shabbat and if you didn't take terumah. Or to everyone else, they might disagree. All right, let's see what the halakha is. Before we talk about Shabbat, what's the circumstance? I'm eating from the cluster of grapes, which objectively speaking, the way we speak about this and see it is, lo You went from the garden that you picked them from into the courtyard of your home. 
So you have the adjacent vineyard, let's call it, and then you walked from the vineyard, pulled the cluster off, and started popping them into your mouth. While you were in the vineyard, it's really not Hayab B'Maser. Nobody's going to argue it's Hayab B'Maser. It's Lo Melachtan. This cluster of grapes, which you cut off the tree, which you're holding in your hand, is purposed for the production of wine. I'm eating from it. Absolutely okay. I walk from the garden, from the vineyard, into the courtyard of my home, onto the front patio of my home, which we've been, for good reason, equating with entrance into the home. What's the halacha going to be? Now, if I just brought the cluster, wasn't eating from it, walked into from my front yard, and say, maybe there's kviyot, maybe now there's a certain permanence. Over here, you started eating from it beforehand. You kind of locked yourself into a non-permanent eating. What's the halacha going to be when you get into the permanent zone? Rabbi Li'ezer Omer Yigmor, Rabbi Yoshua Omer Lo Yigmor. Rabbi Li'ezer says you locked yourself in, you're in the patur situation, you're in the mindset and the status of this cluster of grapes that it's not kavua, that it's not permanent, it's not hayav b'ma'asef, finish the cluster no matter where you are. Rabbi Yoshua disagrees. This has little to no bearing on our question, what we were dealing with, because we were dealing with Shabbat. Here's where it comes to it. Hashecha belel Shabbat. I walk into my vineyard, and I grab a cluster of grapes and begin eating from it. Again, nobody would suggest that that's a problematic eating, even though I didn't take ma'asir. Not hayab ma'asir. It's a purpose to be turned into wine. I'm just snacking on it. Fully permitted midra midrabanan, biblically and rabbinically. However, in your, hash, in your home courtyard? In my home vineyard. Right? So I started in the vineyard and the purpose is to turn it into wine. It hasn't been pressed, it hasn't anything. The mindset when someone sees me doing it, when I do it, is that's a temporary thing. You, you have your worker who's going to turn it into wine. You say to him, as you're turning it into wine, pop it in your mouth. There's no problem whatsoever. In other words, that's not the issue per se. It's almost, you know, the, the way I imagine it in Lonig Miramilachtan is exactly like that. When you have, I, again, I haven't dealt with this hands-on, but I imagine when you have people, if you had people working in the fields and they're paid employees, I mean, it happens to be the halakha as well, you say, anything you're eating out in the fields, that's fine. No, no, but I'm going to make my lunch out of uh, these, uh, these tomatoes. That's not lunch. That's a snack. But I'm not going to eat anything the rest of it. That's not lunch. I say, in other words, that circumstance, when you're in the vineyard and the purpose over here is to turn it into, into wine, no less, that's not a, a permanent eating. However, the circumstances I'm eating, and I'm eating so much of it, holding it in my hand, and the sun sets, and it is Shabbat. Well, Shabbat should pose an issue. Shabbat, the karata la Shabbat oneg, we argued that Shabbat elevates the status of the food. It's that social climbing reality. It, not social, it's a status climbing reality. You now have a new reality. It should now be considered kavua. Rabbi Eliezer is the rabbi who told us that. We deduced it from his opinion in our Mishnah. Rabbi Eliezer omer yigmor, Rabbi Yoshua omer lo yigmor. Fascinatingly and very curiously, Rabbi Li'ezer says you locked into it being not, uh, to being in a situation where it's not kavua, Shabbat won't change that status. 
That's a little curious. Again, it's not knocking us out per se because you did begin it before Shabbat. So you might say, I began, it's impermanent. You're not going to change my status. But it is a little curious that Nabili Eze, the opinion who says that when I left those fruits drying on the roof of my home, not nigmira melachtan, but now Shabbat arrives, it changed the status of those fruit. I no longer can enjoy those fruit unless I take ma'asev. Why is this so different? Answers the Gemara. So you're already in the process of eating So you could distinguish as such, but it's not so different from our Mishnah per se, where you had a verbal designation in our Mishnah. I will be eating from this on Shabbat. You had a verbal designation of sorts, and we're arguing, even though it's a weekday, you're already hayav v'ma'aseh in such a circumstance because of the status of Shabbat. It was already drying. I was looking at it beforehand. You're right. It is a little bit uh, lighter over here because I began eating, but I began eating from this grape. It's not the grape that I'm in the middle of biting into. It's the cluster that I began eating from. The Gemara instead uh, distinguishes um, differently. It says the Gemara hatam, hatam, we switch in Aramaic, the taf, with a sheen, and we say that uh, this means sham over there. That case is different. As we taught, as tane, again, we switch the taf with a sheen. We have something called mishnah. We have a pasuk we read in this past week's parasha. As we learned, as we taught the reasoning, the ta'ama. What was the reasoning? What was the explanation? Rabbi Natan Omer, lo keshamar bili'ezi igmor behaser yigmor, ela yose chutz lehaser viigmor, velo keshamar bili'ezi yigmor beshabbat yigmor, ela mamtin lemotzae shabbat viigmor. The suggestion of Rabbi Natan is you misunderstood everything I said to you until now was one detail off. Let's review what we said and let's understand how Rabbi Natan shifted it um, based on his understanding. What we understood until now is I'm standing in the, court, in the, in the vineyard, in the gina, in the, in the garden, and I began with this cluster in my hand and I'm eating from it. And I walked into my courtyard, into my own home as I'm eating from it. You can finish eating from it. That's not what Rabbi Eliezer meant. What Rabbi Eliezer alternatively meant was the following. I'm eating from this cluster. I walked into my courtyard. Honey, did you call me? Uh, excuse me, yeah, uh, do you need something? You collect the mail, whatever it is. But you're holding the cluster. Maybe that alternatively locks you in to it being permanent when you walked into the courtyard. Not that you can eat while you're in the courtyard, but maybe the status of the cluster itself became nigmira melachto. You can't eat from it now. Walk out of the courtyard, walk back into the vineyard, into the garden. That's where you can finish eating from, it says Rabili Ezer. You don't have a status changing by going into the permanent zone. Uh, likewise by Shabbat, but first, I took the snack and I laid it out on the table as we're eating our meal. We generally speaking envision strawberries as a snack as something you're not having in a permanent fashion. For whatever reason, my wife decided to put it as part of the salad. Permanent, salad, that's what we have as our meal on uh, Wednesday afternoon, on Shabbat after, whatever it is. Now that it's in the salad, but nobody ate from it, not motaro, nobody ate from it. We put it in the salad, we put it on the table. We removed it and brought it back into the not permanent state. 
What's the halacha then? That's where Rabbi Eliezer says, it's okay to continue with it. Shabbat as well. I'm holding the cluster. I made up this strawberry example, but I, I mean the, I'm holding the cluster of grapes. Shabbat begins. The cluster of grapes was impermanent. Why is it impermanent? Because I plan on turning it into wine. It's not Hayab the Maaseh because I plan on turning it into wine. It's Shabbat. Rabbi Eliezer, you can't eat from this. All right, I got it, but you told me I could finish it. I didn't mean you could finish it on Shabbat. I meant to enter Shabbat, put it on the side. Shabbat. Did it now change its status? Is it now permanent food? Because Shabbat arrived? Is it now part of your meal? It's no longer a snack? That's what Abili Aiza says. You can finish after Shabbat, which means to say we don't have a proof that there's a counter evidence that Rabbi Eliezer maintains that Shabbat is not kovea lema'aseh bedavar shelo nigmera melachto, because Rabbi Eliezer was never talking about that. Rabbi Eliezer was talking, read the words again with me in the Gemara, hatam over there kedekatane ta'ama, as we taught, as we learned the reasoning, Rabbi Natan omer, Rabbi Natan explained, he qualified the statement of Rabbi Eliezer, he never meant you can finish the cluster when you're in your courtyard, when you're at your home. Go out of the courtyard and finish it there. He never meant that you can actually finish eating from those fruits, that produce on Shabbat. You wait until Shabbat's over, and now it reverts back to its old status. It means we don't have a proof against our notion in Rabbi Li'ezah that Shabbat is kovat. Right, that, for all intents and purposes, finishes the nitty-gritty with regards to this issue. What we now do in the ensuing lines of the Gemara, most of them, is we have a statement of Ravin in the name of Rabbi Yohanan. Ravin was one of several rabbis whom the Gemara report went to Eretz Yisrael, went to Israel during their lifetime, studied Torah there, and then returned to Bavel and repeated a lot of what they learned there. So he'll report from Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan was the rabbi of Bavel. So a lot of, of Eretz Israel. So he'll come back and report a lot in the name of Rabbi Yohanan from Israel. Now his issues over here that he deals with have everything to do with what we dealt with until now, but they're to the point. There's no uh, technicalities, there's no details. He gives black on white halakha, A, B, C, D. I'll tell you what the common denominator in all of them is. And then the Gemara says, you should know each of these is significant because there are detractors, the people who disagree. Each one of the issues he's going to deal with, most of them we've dealt with already. It's a question in his circumstances of, again, fruits or vegetables, which are not finished in your pro- process of where you want them to get. Are they obligated in ma'asir if you brought them to a certain state? For example, if Shabbat happened and you want to eat from them on Shabbat. For example, if you entered them into your courtyard. For example, if you sold them. For example, if you took tirumah. Remember, all of those were examples of situations where maybe my mindset shifted. Maybe the status, the stature of this produce changed because I showed through eating it on Shabbat gave it a permanence. Maybe I showed through involving this in a, in a deal, I'm selling you the grapes, oh, I finished with those grapes, the hayab b'ma'aseh. Maybe if I took tirumah from it, but it wasn't finished. Apparently you're showing that it finished. That's each of those situations what Rabbi Yohanan commented on. So let's take a look at that. A few lines, six lines from the bottom says the Gemara, ki ata ravin, when ravin arrived, when he came, 
from Eretz Yisrael. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, he stayed in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Echad Shabbat. Okay, so we know what that means. Both, it's going to be both Shabbat as well as Shabbat. The status of unfinished produce. When Shabbat comes, number one, Vehad as well as unfinished produce, which we've been dealing with until now. Is it Hayav? Is it obligated in taking the tenth? Forget about the tenth for a moment. You took Tirumah. You took from it your obligation to the Kohen, not to the Levi, which is Maaseh. Does that show? That's right. I, I, I misspoke, by the way, and someone pointed out to me. It's really, it's the two opinions in the Mishnah, Maaseh Tirumot. It's a 40th, a 50th, and a 60th. So we say 2% is the way to say it. 0.03%. I don't know what that means. It's 2%. No, a 50th is 2%. So, okay, so, but Teruma, which is 2%, and given to the Kohanim, not to the Levim, I went ahead and I did that. Did I show that this food is now finished to the extent it's Hayab Maser? I took Teruma, which also wasn't obligated until Nigmira, but I jumped the gun. Am I now obligated Maser? Did I show that I was finished? That's an issue we dealt with until now. He's so returning to as well. Finished? You're allowed to. You're allowed to give Maaseh as well. You're allowed to. Uh, it's gonna, you know, you're just not obligated in it yet. When talk, okay. So second issue is uh, if I took to the Ma'vehat Hasid. It's one we've dealt with as well. I took the unfinished produce, brought it into my courtyard. Now, generally speaking, you wouldn't bring it into the courtyard before you finished per se. But over here, I did that. Did I designate it as permanent by doing so? They had Mecca. And number four is, I sold it. So I didn't finish what I planned on doing with it. I don't know, the deal came my way. Someone knocked on my door and said, do you have clusters? I said, really, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wine producer. He said, I asked you, do you have clusters? Yeah, I have clusters. I could sell it to you. And before the production time, the guy probably gets a deal. I'm sure he gets a deal. He didn't get it fully produced. But by selling it to him, you effectively, potentially, maybe, have designated this is permanent. It's done. It's finished its process. No, but you usually don't do it that way. The fact that you sold it maybe changes it. All four of those are Biohanan report or, or Ravin reports in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Kulan and Kov'in. In each of those four cases, they're not Kov'er. They don't give a permanence. Why not? Apparently the situation is, we don't uh, individualize the situation. If it's not going to be a finished product, it's not Hayav Maaseh. Don't get all complicated on Mishabbat, or sale, Terumat, none of that. Very simple. Finished or not finished? What was the production process that was in place? Is it finished? If it's not finished, it's not Hayav Maaseh. That was the Pesach Halakha Rabbi Yochanan. Someone came to you, a uh, wine producer, and someone said, I want to buy you a great, great producer wine. Buy all you are not obligated, you as the seller are not obligated to take the, t- the Tirumah. You ask me, is the guy going to be, if the guy plans on using it like that? He might be. But in your mind, when you set those aside, your objective was not to, uh, not to sell them before they're done with wine, they're turned into wine. The process is not done. The same way when you place those fruits on your roof. Our assumption, for good reason, is you plan on waiting for them to be finished out. Are they edible? They're edible, but nobody's using it like that right now. On Shabbat, right before Shabbat, you change your mind. We're going to eat from it. You still might not be higher. Well, so well, you're all your inventory, but I wasn't planning on that. But I have a wine production. 
That's Rabbi Yohanan's claim. Listen, uh, this, we're going to have detractors. We're going to have those who disagree. Rabbi Yohanan's claim is, I'm a wine production company. My grapes are never hayab ma'asir until they're turned into wine. That's how he goes. The Gemara says each one of these statements is quote-unquote controversial. Controversial. Each one of them, not everybody agrees to. Let's go through them one by one. Number one, Shabbat. When it comes to Shabbat, again, your fruits or vegetables, your produce, when Shabbat arrives and you haven't had what's called nigmira melachtan, the process, the procedure is not done with it. La'afukeh, this comes to exclude, to preclude, to do away with another opinion. Hilel is being lenient, saying it's not hayab maser, it's not, it's not a kavua. That's not like someone, excuse me, that, that was Rabbi Yohanan. It's not like the opinion of Hilel. Hilel is, of, we know Hilel, of Bet Hilel fame, right? Hilel, what was Hilel? Well, we know already, before we read, Hilel's opinion apparently is going to be that Shabbat has the status of raising up, turning it into kavua, turning it into something that's permanent, ditanya, as the Beraita teaches us, if a person gathers clusters, fruits from one place to another, puts them in one pile with the objective, though, of liksor. The person wants to then do another act to them. He's not putting them together in order to eat from them. He's doing them, and then I have a few more things I need to do to them. I'm going to now, once I did that, cut them. I'm going to dry them. Whatever I'm going to do for with them, but now it's Shabbat. What's the status of those fruits? Can I eat from those fruits on Shabbat? I haven't yet finished the process. I'm not finished with what I planned on doing, but it's Shabbat. Amar Yehuda, Hilel le'atzmo oser. Hilel on his own, the statement is, says it's Asur. It means Hilel individually was of the opinion that Shabbat is kovat. It means everybody else, including Rabbi Yohanan later on, disagree. Their opinion is Shabbat is not kovat lemaaseh. Tosafot asks the very basic question. We spent a good amud and a half, maybe daf, full daf, talking about the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. We started today's class. Rabbi Eliezer's opinion is Shabbat is and we kept saying, even though it's learning the halakha is, it's kovea, it has a permanence. Why didn't the Gemara say, Rabbi Yohanan was very courageous, bold, because he's going up against, not Hillel, he's going up against Rabbi Eliezer. It's the opinion we knew about from our Mishnah. It says Tosafot, don't you know about Rabbi Eliezer? This is the Tosafot on the left-hand side, the last one, Shabbat. It says Tosafot, don't you know about Rabbi Eliezer? We never posee kalachalik Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer, the Gemara in several places, refers to as Shamuti which has one of two meanings in the words of the Rishonim. Effectively, it means we don't follow his opinion. Either because Shamuti means he was of the school of Bet Shammai, we don't follow their opinion, or alternatively, Shamuti, the Gemaran Bava Metziah Dafnun tells the elaborate story of how Rabbi Eliezer was excommunicated. Rabbi Eliezer, in a famous story, stood his ground against the majority opinion, and they excommunicated him, and as a result, Shamuti, Shamuta in, in Aramaic, as uh, a reference to excommunication. That's why we don't follow him Either way you slice it, Rabbi Eliezer, that we don't follow him, there's no novelty. So Ravin comes back from Eretz Yisrael and he says, listen, Rabbi Yohanan told me something fascinating. What do you hear from the rabbi? I heard that Shabbat is not kovat if it's lo nigmera melachtan. All right, we didn't think we really went like Rabbi Eliezer, did we? We never do. He's shamuti. No, you would have thought you go like Hillel. That's the hidush in that. But the next part, hatzer. What about the fact that if I have unfinished produce, brought into my hatzer, into my courtyard. The halakha is that it's not hayav b'ma'aseh la'afukeh. 
Midirbi Yaakov. Again, Laafuke, we know that word from other places. We know something called Nafkaminan the Gemara, which means really the practical ramification. Nafik means to come out. Laafuke means to come apart from, to separate ourselves from. We are, Rabbi Yohanan is telling us, not like Rabbi Yaakov, who's Rabbi Yaakov Ditnan, as the Mishnah elsewhere teaches us. The Mishnah, uh, well, it was a Mishnah that we had not too long ago in our Masechet and Medalet, Hamma'avir te'enim b'chasero. If you recall, you're moving figs within your courtyard. Laksot, and, and your purpose is laksot, it's to dry them. And what they would do with figs is they would dry them out and then turn them into these pies, these fig pies. Banav ubene beto ochlin mehen aray upturin min ma'asir. The halacha is that you, your, your household and your children can eat from them aray in an impermanent way and they're pturin min ma'asir because you don't need to give ma'asir. They can eat from them however they'd like as long as it's not a meal, rabbinically speaking. Why are they pturin min ma'asir? What's my objective? Why do I have these figs? Laksot mehen. What does laksot mehen mean? In order to dry them out. Hasn't finished the process. So far, no uh, controversies. Vetane Allah, and we have taught about that Mishnah. Rabbi Yaakov Mechayev, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Poter. So we have on that, on that Mishnah, we have two opinions. Rabbi Yaakov says, it's not true. Even though in general, if it's not Nigmira Melachto, you're not Hayab B'Maseh, provided that you entered it into your Hatzeh, you brought it into your courtyard. That gave it its kivi'ot. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudad disagrees. Ravin coming back from his rabbi in Eris Yisrael from Rabbi Yochanan teaches us the halakha is lenient. You don't need to take ma'aseh in such a circumstance. So that's the second of our four cases of Rabbi Yochanan, why it was important to hear his opinion. Third one, terumah. This one we kind of know already. Again, I have my produce. I have several obligations. I don't just give ma'aseh to the levi. I give terumah to the kohen. 2%. Now, I went ahead before the production is finished. I'm going to dry it. I'm going to turn these grapes into wine. And I take the 2%, hand it to the Gindi Dweck Towel Cohen, and I give it to them. Now, I say, all right, gentlemen, ladies, let's have, uh, let's eat a little bit. So, one second. You just gave Terumah. Did you give Maaseh? So, I don't need to give Maaseh. I was planning on drawing it. We're going to have an impermanent. So oh, the fact that you gave it to the Kohen, it established it, Beta, I should add as well, it established it as a permanent. That's the statement we had. Rabbi Yochanan said it's not so. Even though you did that, I don't know why you did that. You're funny, you wanted to give a very giving mood. But ultimately speaking, it's not permanent. So as the Gemara, this is, his statement is, five lines from the top. It's to exclude the opinion of Rabbi Ezer, Ditnan as Rabbi Ezer taught us, we just learned this just a few lines ago in the Gemara. If you took tiruma from your fruit prior to finishing the procedure, says in such a circumstance, you now need to take ma'aseh, but I, did, I didn't finish. But by giving tiruma, you showed that it was finished. That's what Rabbi Yohanan is teaching us, not like Rabbi Li'ezer on this. I told you a few moments ago, Tosafot told us, ah, of course we don't follow the opinion of Rabbi Li'ezer. That's right, if you can find the opinion of Hillel, says Tosafot. That's what Rabbi Yohanan said. You can't find that, okay, at least you say he's coming to exclude Rabbi Li'ezer. Lastly, Mekah. Mekah is the case that, uh, that Jeffrey asked about. Again, I have my wine producing company. That's what we do in my vineyard. We grow grapes in order to produce wine. We grow olives in order to produce oil. 
and someone comes, or I determine I'm going to sell it early. Am I hayab b'ma'asir or not? Rabbi Yohanan said, you're not. You could have understood that you would be. That was a designation that it's finished. It says the Gemara Mekah, the uh, concept and the situation of selling kiditanya. We have, a, we have this concept reflected elsewhere, so you'll understand the significance of Rabbi Yohanan's statement. Halokeh te'enim me'am ha'aretz. If a person were to purchase olives from an Am Ha'aretz. Now Am Ha'aretz in today's day and age is a derogatory term. It's a term which means an ignoramus, a person who doesn't know anything. In the time of the Mishnah and Beraita, it was a reference to someone whom we said, he knows something, doesn't really know the laws of Ma'asir. We have hashash, we're uncertain that he actually quote-unquote keeps kosher properly. In other words, he wants to, we think so, doesn't really know Ma'asir, doesn't really know, that's an Am Ha'aretz. So if a person bought um, te'inim, bought olives from an Am Ha'aretz. The opposite of an Am Ha'aretz in the time of the Mishnah and Beraita is Haver. It's a person who's not, we would say today, Talmit Hatham, a knowledgeable person. You bought the figs. Now the assumption is going to be, of course, that you need to take Ma'asir. That's what you always need to do. Bimakom shirov b'nei adam dorsin ochil mehen aray u'me'aseran demai. Uh, the statement, will pay attention to the first words for a moment, in a place where the majority of people, with regards to figs, dorsin, they turn the figs into pies. They dry them out and they make them sticky and put them into these pie-like things. In that situation, you bought from the ignoramus, the person who doesn't know the halakha, prior to it being turned into the dried fig pie, what's the halakha? Do you need to take ma'aseh? You don't need to. Why don't you need to? Clearly, even though you're buying it from him, since our assumption is he's in the business, and the business is not to sell figs, but rather to sell dried figs, which are turned into those pies, it's lonig meram melachtan. That in turn is Rabbi Yohanan's statement about this case, even though it was sold, your patur menamaaseh. The last words are what we'll have to finish off our peric discussing, because it says, umeaseran demai. It says that nonetheless, you're supposed to take ma'asir, considering it demai. I'll just introduce the word demai, and we'll return to understand what these words mean tomorrow. Demai is really a compound word. Uh, da means this, dalid alif. Mai means what? Demai means this is what? Demai is the word we refer to when you purchase something from an Aham Haaretz. You bought something from a person who you assume doesn't know the halachot of ma'asir properly. You look at this item and you say, what is this? In other words, it has the status of a doubt. It's not certain whether he took ma'asir or not. These final words are a little bit curious, a little bit funny. It says, umeaseran demai. Just a moment ago, you told me you don't take anything because we said it's lonik meram milachtan. I feel like there's someone with a gun right next to me. And the final statements over here are umeaseran demai. You nonetheless do take it, considering it demai. We'll continue and return to those words tomorrow. I'm standing properly. Baruch Adonai Amen. Ve